0: Welcome back, Section 229 Creighton Basketball Talk. I'm your host, Austin Gall, here with the full crew today. Back again are Blake Carver and Dan Hall, but we are privileged and honored to have Brock Schutz back on the podcast today for the first time since the first episode. So let's welcome him in. Gentlemen, how are we feeling after the Jays are now in the uh, sweet 16 bound for the first time in program history? I'm feeling pretty damn good today. I I felt good all day. I felt good yesterday. It's, it's It's been a good 24, 48 hours here.
1: Well, Austin, I'm feeling sweet,
2: sweet 16, baby. Yeah, no, I'm feeling pretty good, too. Not as sweet, but whoo, I'm just ready one day at a time. Let's go. You don't sound very excited, Blake. Ooh, hang on. <laughs> that was
0: a rewind.
3: I'm so excited. There we go. There we go. It's
0: like, Brock, sweet 16. Brock, how you, How you feeling over there?
3: i'm feeling great this is [SS1] feeling good baby so i'm excited it should be it should be fun it's it's history from here out
0: yeah for sure And, and what what we also made history when dan called into 1620 blue jay overtime last night and I think maybe pissed off the host of that show because he was screaming so loud. So that's a little piece of Jay's history that we're going to carry on from this season as well. Dan, Dan making his probably best appearance on, on Blue Jay overtime. So, uh, you but know um, what?
1: Uh, I, I had to pop the Johnny Blue. You know, it was a it was a high celebratory game. You, yeah. I, I went with the moment. Yeah, I, I felt yeah. it. I lived it. Experienced
2: yeah. it. It won't be the first time or the last time he calls in after that.
0: <laughs> Dude, I've had to restrict myself from calling into Blue Jay overtime the last couple of years, like especially after like the last like couple of years that we had like at home. Like I would just leave the games like super pissed off and then I would call in and just like make an ass out of myself. I would usually use a different name when I would call in so people didn't know it was me. <laughs> but like I don't call, I don't call anymore. I don't call anymore. <laughs>
1: Well, well, I'm pretty I still well listen, identified.
3: It, though
1: with, I'm pretty well identified with Dan, but generally yeah. Creighton fans, and for the most part, are really negative. So I
3: try and keep my calls positive.
0: Yeah,
1: no, I, I get that, but uh,
0: spice
3: it up.
2: Yeah, but we're back.
3: The Blue Jay overtime is when Creighton beats Kansas and Omaha next year. Yeah,
0: that would be it. Would be it. Would be a, would be a treat. But uh, but yeah, we're back after a very. St- a stressful weekend, creating hoops, and for the first time ever, like we just discussed, we are making it to the next weekend. I mean, first, what a great accomplishment for this program! But strolling Twitter last night into this morning, you could just kind of tell how much this really means for the fan base and the longtime supporters. I mean, this was literally ten years in the making, ten years in the making for Greg McDermott to get over this hump. I didn't even actually—he was here in 2010, so I guess it has been over ten years. But, um you know, it's a, it's a crazy accomplishment that we all have been waiting for, for a long time. So I think we just need to kind of take a second and appreciate this moment. You know, I mean, it, we're definitely running into a really good team in this next game, but I mean, we have talked about trying to get over this week 16 hump for forever. You know, I mean, as long as I've been a blue Jays fan, you know, it's been, Hey, can we get to that next weekend? And here we finally are. You guys We're it feels really good. You know, I mean, like I said, like sc- strolling Twitter last night, kind of seeing everybody's reactions and you know, all of the, you know, former alumni from the Creighton basketball team kind of tuning in. It was a really special moment, you know, for everybody. I think, you know, I think we all wish we could have been there. And I think a lot of us probably would have been there had COVID not been going on, um, you know, but it's, I mean, it's a little bittersweet in, in that aspect, but uh, you know, it's just great. It's, it's, it's really fun to be here. I mean, it, it, like, like Dan kind of mentioned Uh, in our notes for this. I mean, it doesn't matter who we beat. We did it and it's sweet. We just kind of got to savor that moment. Right. I mean, what do you guys think? Let's just get everybody's reaction here. I mean, Dan, I mean, this is, this is a huge, huge, uh, you know, leap for this program. Um, You know, no matter who we had to play to get there, we're there.
1: I mean, it's, it goes beyond Mac, I think too. It's for the, it. this is a whole Creighton community of like, I remember when I started first watching games and that's, that's what everyone's you're thinking about, you know, our two twenty nine family, or, you know, my, my buddy, Seth, um, him and his family used to take me to games all the time growing up. I thought about those people that kind of, we've all been on this journey and in a way this wins kind of the big East, these top 25 rankings, uh, all Americans players of the year along the way, but the sweet 16, the the biggest show has eluded us. And in a way, this was kind of a validation of us as a program. I'm not saying we needed that, but it really is like, Hey, we're here and this is no longer a thing. And it's just this giant sigh of relief where, you know, people were over the moon, they were crying, you know, this is, yeah. This is a beautiful thing, and I'm so happy we finally did it.
0: Yeah, and in terms of, I mean, talk about our Section 229 family, and, you know, I mean, I thought about that too, you know, I mean, especially Blake and Brock, you know. Uh, I mean, we've been waiting for this, you know, in that section for, for at least 10 years as long as we've been, you know, in that section. But, I mean, our love for Crate basketball goes, extends beyond those 10 years that we've been there. Blake, I mean, how does it feel for you, man?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's – it's crazy. I mean, even before, like, going to games, you know, having tickets, like, I remember being a young kid and uh, seeing them go to the tournament, you know, and then just always falling short. It's just like uh, you, every year you just think like, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And then, yeah,
3: you know, I mean,
0: one person I thought about and Brock, it's it's good to have you on here so we can we can relish in this moment. But I thought about your dad, you know, I mean, we went to creating games with Tony for years before. um you know his passing and i thought about i thought about your dad man i mean i i think he would have been over the fucking moon for this and i i he was the first person i thought about i'm like man i wonder what tony would have thought of this and i i mean it's it's good for everybody who's who has been a longtime fan but i mean especially you know remembering your dad in that moment was really special for special for me i mean i can't imagine you know what it was like for for you man
3: I know for me, it was just, it was just great seeing um, him play, you know, or not him play, but, you know, seeing them play and thinking of him like, okay, great. You know, like yeah, we finally did it, you know, unfortunately he's not here to witness it, but I remember every year going into the season, we're like, Hey, we have a sweet 16 team. Like we have a, a team that I think can make it into the third round, you know, can make it through the first weekend and, you know, actually finally doing it. You know, it was, it was really exciting. I know for me, I'm always so nervous going into, you know, big games because you just don't know what Creighton team you're going to get. Yeah. Because at at any moment you can get a Creighton team that will show up and beat, you know, a number one Villanova team in the season. And and beat
0: beat them handily.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Or you'll get them showing showing up to a tournament and lose to like a Rhode Island you know, and, yeah. and I'm just, I was just glad to see our players actually playing and showing up to the first two games.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like
3: I feel like the last three tournaments that we've made it to that didn't happen. Maybe one or two of them showed up, but the rest of them were kind of just lackluster. So it was good to see yeah. us playing as a team as well.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree with that, too. We've had some really down moments in terms of NCAA luck the last, you know, couple trips. You know, whether if it's, you know, Doug getting sideswiped by the Baylor, you know, Mack truck that hit us or losing to K-State or Rhode Island or, you know, I mean, pick your pick your poison. You know, I mean, there's. There's, there's a lot of things that you can uh, that you can do, but, I mean, nonetheless, we are now over the hump, so we don't really have to talk yeah. about it anymore. So, I mean, it's good to kind of have that under our chest or off our chest now, but, uh, okay, so let's talk about these two games. Um, you know, we kind of previewed them last week. Me, Dan, and Blake did. I think we had some really good takes, you know, not only about... The Creighton game but I think we had some good takes overall about you know the tournament so let's let's talk about these two games that Creighton played versus uh, Santa Barbara and Ohio and then we'll get into maybe some larger points that we uh, that we talked about last week on the podcast that we can just circle back to so let's start with uh, the Santa Barbara game which really really was a close game and I think a lot of people were right a lot of talking heads said this was going to be a tough game for Creighton And it certainly was, but ultimately Creighton walks away with a one-point victory, 63-62 to over Santa Barbara. And look, I mean, I thought Creighton was on their heels early in this one. Um, I mean, Santa Barbara made seven of its first eight shots to take a 16-8 to lead. (laughs) You know, I mean, Greg McDermott got an early timeout, which I'm glad he did because we really needed it. Um, But, you know, I think after that, they they shook off the jitters. You know, Denzel opened up the game with a three-pointer. I mean, and then they, you know, subsequently hit all those shots. But I mean, Mahoney answered with the next five points, you know, after the timeout to bring Grayton back to within three points. And, you know, from there on out, it was a pretty close game. You know, I don't, I, they really settled in, shook off those jitters. Um, But, you know, I mean, Creighton was just sluggish out of the gate in terms of the early first half. But I mean, I think they were really just shaking off the nerves, like I said, but I mean, look, that final stretch of minutes, that first stretch of minutes is, is all pure energy and adrenaline. I'd imagine it kind of feels like floating on air when you're out there, you know, just trying to get your heels under you, get your, get your breathing right and just kind of shake it all off. But they shook it all off, got going late in that first half. Um, Christian Bishop helped You know, helped Creighton. You know, in that game early with nine points, including a bunch of really acrobatic dunks to accompany uh, a couple rebounds as well. But uh, Santa Barbara took. You know, like I said, they were seven from eight from the field before going four for sixteen to end that half, and uh, Creighton took a four-point lead into the half. So not bad uh, in all things considered. I mean, it looked a little bleak out of the gate, Um, but after the break, Santa Barbara was right there. They went on a huge run, took the lead right at the ten-minute mark, and I thought. I I thought we were going to see the Jays implode and they almost did. And it was close all the way to the end. I mean, Santa Barbara sunk two key three throws uh, with 30 seconds to go and took a lead at that point. And I was just ready to flop over. Like I, I mean, everybody kind of saw it collapsing. We're like, Oh, not again. This is not good, but uh, called the timeout you know, out of those two, uh, free throw makes, they got a good look from Damian Jefferson. He missed, uh, but CB was right there, got the board, got fouled. And all he had to do was make uh, those two free throws and we would win and boom, he happened. He hadn't done that a lot this season. So that was, you know, hitting back-to-back shots. So that's really, really good that he was able to uh, secure those. I mean,
2: yeah, I mean, it's I think it's crazy that, you know, that's what our season came down to is free throws. Um, if you've been following along, you know just, you know that trusting our free-throw shooting in tight games isn't uh, ideal, <laughs> to but <say> the least. <laughs> uh, Christian Bishop really clutched it out and, you know, secured the bag for the win.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought Creighton did a really good job. I think we, we talked about this last week, too. Uh, J'Corey McLaughlin, I mean, really limited anything he was trying to do. Um, you know, like we said in the last podcast, he was their stud. I mean, he wasn't able to get anything going consistently. Nothing came easy for him. He finished, uh, I think, with 13 points and uh, Santa Barbara was bounced in the first round. He played but like all but 40 seconds in that game, too. So I was really impressed with the defensive effort against him. But uh, Dan, final thoughts on that game? I mean, it it, it was a, it was a grinded out style game. You know, we did not score a ton of points in this one. It didn't look like we had very much, you know, very, very good offensive rhythm. Uh, but nonetheless, we clutch out some uh, some free throws and get the win. I mean, what do you think?
1: I mean, we played this game several times this season. Yeah, you know, we were ready for it. Um, did we get some breaks? Absolutely, but we've also earned a lot of breaks along the way. It's great. I mean, the way that CB has showed out that game and the next game, we'll get to that. But I mean, it—he really came through in the clutch. And yeah, the free throws—that was a kind of a ironic, uh, poetic way to to continue our uh, march through of the tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean, we didn't shoot particularly well, like all game. You know, I mean, we are, uh, on on the whole, forty four percent for the entire game, and then twenty eight percent from three point land. So, I mean, not our best effort from the field, and we still, I mean, like you know, you, we talk about these grinded out games that we've played all season. I mean, I think back to the UConn game where we took them into overtime while we were in stores, and I mean that that game really embodied what I thought this game was too. And furthermore, I think it was extremely important that we had Sharif Mitchell available for that game. I, you know, looking back on what we talked about last week with Sharif Mitchell. Being out of the lineup, um, you know, in in that Georgetown game? No, no, no. He was yeah, out. He was were, out. Of Georgia. Yeah, right. Sorry. Um, I, there's been so many games the last couple weeks. I just got it mixed up. But yeah, I mean, him being out of that Georgetown game really, I guess, did kind of mess them up a little bit. I I refuse to believe that they, you know, if if Mitchell was in that game, we you know, he, I I'm trying to say he, he wasn't the catalyst behind that huge loss, but I mean, looking back on it now, he might, I mean, you never know. He might've been, (laughs) it was a pretty brutal loss and having an extra defender out there, you know, would have been nice, you know, and I think they really kind of clogged up that rotation and without Sharif, you know, kind of splitting minutes out there with, you know, at the point guard position, I think it was just maybe a little much, but you know, great to have him back. He played 16 minutes, didn't really make an impact offensively, but I thought he was great defensively. So,
3: and I'd like to point out too, with that first game against Santa Barbara, I mean, if Sharif wouldn't have even been there to begin with, that was an easy layup, you know?
0: Right. Yeah.
3: Him playing big and knowing not to foul, not to swipe his hands down and just be a body. Yeah. I think is the difference between a win and a loss.
0: Yeah. And he secured that rebound there at the end too, which was, which was huge, um, you know, I mean, he look. His impact is gonna be uh, is gonna be elevated next season. So I'm glad he's available and ready to play right now because this is this is the key time when players, uh, you know, can really grow because they're playing at such a high competition. Everybody in March right now is playing well. So if you're getting minutes, you're getting quality. You know, and you're and you're a younger player, you're getting quality developmental minutes, and that's I mean, that's
2: huge. It's yeah, huge. not only that. I mean, this is this is huge for him. He's gonna come up clutch. He's wanted us. This is his dream to play for Creighton and, and in the tournament being the sweet 16 for the first time, you know, it's like, he's gonna, he's gonna have some huge plays I think coming up. So.
0: I think about the jump that Kyrie Thomas took, um, you know, after his freshman season, you know, playing those games in the NIT, you know, him coming back, he, you know, he really hit a good stretch of play there and that's what, that's what I'm trying to say with those developmental minutes, you know, that you get within the tournament, um, they're so, they're so key. So I hope they keep yep, playing. It's huge. only going to bode well for us next year. So, but uh, then we get on to round number two versus Ohio. I picked this one right in my bracket. So I'd like to point that out first year. I, <laughs> I was an early adopter of Ohio, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Tony Bennett is a little uh, overrated in my opinion. I mean, they have not had great success in the tournament. So I, I, I was, I was...
1: A national championship. Yes, I understand. Twice.
0: But they also have lost to a 16 seed, and they also have lost to a rare. I don't. I honestly don't think Ohio was that great. I think that that Preston kid was. I, I would. Uh,
1: I could live oh, with those man. results. Yes, Jason, yes. Jason
2: Preston. Whew.
0: Unnatural, what but a, nonetheless, yeah. Jason Preston and Ohio came ready to go. I mean, the Jays are a little shaky out of the gate, like that first stretch uh, in this game, like they did against Santa Barbara. But as we all know, Creighton wins this one handily, 72 to 58. So, not bad,
2: you know. Yeah, I mean, Ohio had trouble scoring against Creighton, um, you know, which which held them to season lows for points and uh, a shooting percentage of only 31.8 percent. Yeah.
1: Um, the, the way we came out of the gate though, it kind of scared the shit out of me that first 10 minutes, it was looking like we're, we're lost. The offense wasn't click, you know, we weren't moving the ball around well. And at the whole thing I've kind of said when it started out this, uh, at the start of the season, was a little clunky was like, who's going to be that guy when we need the guy to show up. And Marcus Zagorowski came to the rescue. Mm-hmm. We had a 20-4 to four run to build a 39-24 lead before halftime. And it it just got better.
0: Yeah, I mean, Creighton did a good job limiting their star to, uh, as they did in the first game with Ja'Cory McLaughlin. I thought both in both of these games, they did a, a hell of a job just you know containing their stars. I mean, Jason Preston was virtually uh, non-existent in this game. And there was a ton of hype on him. Uh, coming into this game, I, I remember hearing Jay Billis talk about him earlier in the week. And like, I, I had him on my radar. Like, I, I did some scouting on Ohio to make sure they were going to be able to be for, beat Virginia. And he's a stud, man. He's really good. He's a great passer, he's a great shooter. Uh, and he just, the, the game comes to him very easily. You know, he was. By far the best player on their team, um, and you you could tell. you could, I mean, you could tell that he was doing everything that he possibly could to keep them in this game, whether if it was diving for an out-of-bounds ball. I mean, this kid wanted it. I mean, and due to a great defensive scheme by Creighton, they took him out of the game. Kept Preston from scoring until almost midway through that second half, which is, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're trying to win games in March, shutting down the only player that the other team has is like, is a great way to do that. You know, and I'm not, that's no knock to Ohio. Cause I still think they had some great, good offensive pieces, but yeah, I mean, out of the gate, once Creighton got settled in, I, I knew this one was going to get out of hand.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, you, you look at the game Ohio had before that against Virginia, you look at Jason Preston, it's like, he's unstoppable. And the fact that, you know, their star guard, Jason Preston, and Ford, Ben Vanderplas. you know, they combined for 13 points on four of 22 shootings. So, I mean, that's, that's very bad. And this speaks to how well Creighton defended off the jump last night.
3: Talking about their defense, about their offense, all five of the Creighton starters in double figures. I mean, that's, that's kind of the story of the year though. I mean, it's, it's happened quite a few times this year we don't have this that one guy who you know steps up I mean we do have Marcus Zagorowski who you know will give him the ball with you know the game on the line because of course he's you know Marcus Zagorowski he's the point guard he's the captain he's gonna make the shot he's gonna take the shot but all five starters I mean that's that just shows you how well the team that we have this year.
0: Yeah, and they've really they've really shortened up their rotations too because, I mean, if you look at the box scores from these games and if you kind of pay attention during the games, I mean, they've really shortened their rotation to Sharif Mitchell coming off the bench with Ryan Cockbrenner and Alex O'Connell. Those are the only three players that got consistent minutes outside of that. I think Antoine Jones played a couple extra minutes. Um, but nothing that was game changing. But yeah, I mean, you know, and it, it, it sucks because I don't think I don't think Ryan Kalkbrenner is particularly comfortable in these games. He didn't look like he, you know, I mean, obviously yeah. we have to get Christian a blow so he can take a breath, you know, and it, it fortunately yeah. didn't get into, into any foul trouble. Um, but, you know, it, it's I, I'm hoping that Kalkbrenner can use whatever time that he is kind of getting right now in these games to develop because he I mean, he progressively over the season, he looked like he got comfortable midway through. And then I feel like the last like month and a half of the season, he hasn't looked consistently comfortable. So, I mean, he is a freshman. He is still getting, you know, some muscle built onto his body. So I understand that he's not going to play out of his mind every single game, but he just overall just hasn't looked very comfortable.
2: Yeah, I mean, it comes down to points. And points, 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 man. Zigarowski led the team 20 points. Uh, A ton of Creighton's points came around the basket, taking advantage of, you know, Ohio's front court. Um, Creighton, they scored 34 points in the paint. Yeah, I said that. In the paint. And nearly half of their final of what they scored in total were in the paint. Yeah,
0: I mean, insane energy and a huge boost after that uh, Christian Bishop one-handed dunk, too. I mean, if you point to one one thing in this game that really kept Creighton energized, I think it was Christian Bishop's acrobatic dunks early on in that game. But I mean, Christian has really been the glue to keep this team together, in my opinion. I mean, without him, there is no Creighton right now after these two games. I I really don't think they would have progressed past santa barbara if had cb not had a crazy crazy game i mean obviously he hit those two huge free throws there at the end but i don't think they win either of these games on that christian it's it's the energy he brings and it's not just his talent around the rim or the, on the defensive end this team feeds off him so when he gets when he gets an open look at the rim and dunks i mean this team just feeds on it and i think when he has a good game everyone else feels comfortable. And when, obviously when he has a good game that opens up everybody to shoot, you know? So, I mean, he averaged a double double this weekend. He shot 80% from the field in both games. I mean, that's extremely efficient. I mean, if we have any chance of beating Gonzaga in this game, it's going to come off the heels of all, obviously all of our starters playing well, but I really think that Christian is going to have a huge role in this game in containing drew Timmy. And we'll talk about this in our Gonzaga preview here in a minute, but overall boys, we are on to the sweet fucking 16 for the first time Mm -hmm. in program history. I just want to say that again. First time in program history feels good. I I mean, overall these two games were, uh, they were definitely tough. I, 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 I was really scared about that Santa Barbara game. I was more confident about Ohio, but nonetheless, we got uh, two wins and we are now in the sweet 16, but let's talk about some other storylines we had um, in the podcast from last week. I just, I've got a bunch of things written down here. I think we all do. We're kind of just going to go through these, but uh, you know, off the bat watching Luca Garza walk off the floor crying was a sad, a sad moment. I watched that game yesterday. Kid held a hell of a game offensively too. I think he scored like, 35 or 36 points. I mean, he really filled it up yesterday, but Iowa just got smacked on the defensive end. They were terrible. Uh, Oregon put up 95 points. And Iowa did just didn't have enough in the second half. I mean, I I bet against Dan Altman in that game, and something I need to apologize for here. But uh, what a performance by that team. And I would like to point out that they probably were a bit more fresh than Iowa, considering that their first round opponent forfeited due to COVID issues. So I, I, you know, and you got to feel bad for VCU too. I mean, those kids, uh, I mean, having your season end like that, I cannot, I cannot imagine, cannot imagine having to kind of swallow that bill. It just sucks. Straight up.
1: People want to talk about the um, Oregon having the time off, but that was just a terrible matchup for Iowa. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, up and down the court they there, Oregon was way more athletic. And that leads into part of the reason, that uh, I picked those Pac twelve teams <laughs> to all advance.
0: I thought that was the funniest conference thing. of yeah.
1: champions, baby. <laughs> I thought that
0: was the funniest thing last week because I thought you were an idiot for saying that, and then like they st- the Pac twelve started winning all these games. For for reference, if you hadn't listened to our NCAA preview from the first time around, Dan had predicted that the over the the Pac twelve was going to overachieve, and by God, they did. They won so many games in the first weekend; it was crazy.
2: He did, I, and we we thought he was crazy. And I'm like, 70s are in the Big Twelve, man. They're gonna kill it." Well, there's one left. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. How many Big Ten Big Ten schools were there, and how many are left?
0: Yeah, not enough and too many.
3: There are more <laughs> teams in the Big East
1: and in the state of Oregon that are remaining <laughs> than in the Big Ten. So uh, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't high on the Big Ten. I didn't think it would be this bad. But I did have every Pac-12 team winning their first game, so I I I feel good about something. I, my bracket is shit like everyone else's, but I'm I'm hanging in there in a couple of my uh in a couple of my contests so far.
0: Yeah, and you talk about I think the most shocking win for me was how far Kansas had fallen from when Creighton played them earlier this season. I mean USC beat the shit out of them. I mean, there's no other there's no I mean, I'm sorry, I know you're wearing the shirt right now, Blake. I see your Jayhawk. I I just they got the they got their shit pushed in. <laughs> that was a bad, bad showing. I mean, and we talked about this before we got started recording the podcast, but Kansas ultimately was a massive disappointment.
2: Yeah, they were. I mean, uh, you know, everyone knows they're my team. Uh, but it just I knew they weren't uh uh a deep run team i mean it's the first time in so many years they've lost more than five games uh so it just wasn't there the chemistry was off and and they couldn't make any baskets last night they were shooting shit and you know um it's unfortunate um especially you know after them having such a great season last year but unfortunate it happened and i sat there while it happened to me and it's over now you know
1: what Blake, I'm going to give you a little bit of credit for KU. I don't think, even though they were a three seed, I don't think a lot of people had that high expectations. We've seen what Kansas does sometimes in these first and second rounds. I mean, a way worse, you'd have to feel miserable about it, uh, disappointment would be a team like that would have potential national championship expectations like Illinois and just got dominated wire to wire by another in-state school. You know, it. I mean, but you know what? They're more experienced. They've gone to the final four, you know, pretty recently. So I guess, I don't know. It just, it, 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 it it just pays to not be in the big 10.
0: Well, I'll, I'll take this one since Dan just throwing shots at me. And if you weren't on the podcast last week, my other team is Illinois. So i am as you know, as upset as Blake is, I am equally upset of how terrible uh, Illinois showing was. I mean, Cameron Crowig is an absolute legend. I mean, it's not his first time around the NCAA tournament uh, carousel. I mean, he shut down Kofi Coburn better than anyone has this season. I mean, that Loyola Chicago team is really, really good And our former blue Jay Porter Mosier. Um, I mean, he should be considered for coach of the year. I mean, like by God, he beat the shit out of the other tournament favorite besides Gonzaga. You know, I mean, I mean, what this dude has done an elite coaching job at Loyola, and honestly, I, and I'm uh, we've talked about Greg McDermott losing his job quite a bit the last couple weeks. If that ever happens, I hope to God that Bruce Rasmussen or whoever the AD is at that point in time yeah. calls Porter Mosier. because I I mean his brand of basketball I don't think is is uh, very you know let it fly esque, but I mean he's a great coach. I mean up there with Darren DeVries. I mean Porter. Both of them should be at the top of the list, you know, but yeah, I mean, I was ultimately, I was really upset with how terrible Illinois played. I mean, it was, it was tough, man. I, this is a one, it was a once in a generation team. I think they had, you know, and there was a couple teams in this tournament that I kind of, I kind of, where the fan bases felt the same, you know, like, Hey, yeah, this is a once a generation team. You know, I think this for Creighton, this might be a once in a generation team. Um, you know, d- don't know. We don't know what the recruiting is going to look like after the next couple of years, considering the fallout that we're having right now. But um yeah. I mean, very ultimately just upsetting. But uh, I mean, th- let's talk about the biggest upsets of this weekend. I mean, the biggest upset that I had in my mind was Ohio State and Oral Roberts. I mean, like the sure. Chico- Loyola, Chicago and uh, Illinois game was definitely a huge upset. I mean, it was devastating for me, but I think the biggest one was Ohio State and Oral Roberts. I mean, that did you Oral- watch that
2: game? I did. Uh, did, I you, mean- did you hear the shade the uh, announcer threw at the end of that game? No, because, what do you say? Ohio State falls to the Oral Roberts, <laughs> and I loved it so much.
0: <laughs> That's funny. I mean, okay. So what were what were your guys's uh, biggest upsets? I mean, we'll talk about the worst games here, and I'm interested to see what lines up with the biggest biggest upsets and and uh, best games. But uh, I mean, hit it, hit it with me, Dan. I mean, what's yours?
1: Oh, I'm taking uh, Albalin Christian over Texas. Texas was a big dark horse. For a lot of people to make the final four and yeah
0: uh i think somebody if you want to talk about somebody that did that i think brock had them in the final four
3: yeah that's his other team. In the final four i had them winning the whole thing oh, oh that's
1: right brock's <laughs> team sucks too
3: sorry yeah. i'm throwing gasoline on all of you fools uh, and you
2: shit. forgot about him and his longhorn love
3: And it it wasn't because I'm a huge Texas Longhorn football fan. It's the fact that Texas bench was really deep this year. And usually a deep bench means you will do great in the tournament. And they were on fire. They just got done winning the Big 12 tournament. They beat Baylor. You know, they were looking great. And I tell you what, the Abilene Christian-Texas game, I felt like Texas just got, you know, they were i think they were playing two games ahead i think they were seeing like i we could easily beat this team we could easily beat this, beat this team so let's look at the you know the sweet 16 and next thing you know it's over man you know they gone yeah and, and I, mean, I also had ohio state going into the championship <laughs> game too so my my two my two teams in the championship game were texas versus ohio state and as soon as or roberts beat ohio state i'm like well my brackets fucked and then <laughs>
0: Yeah. I would like to point out that I'm currently in first in our bracket challenge. So
3: I have one
1: point. Today. Yeah. So
0: I just, I just wanted to throw that out there, but uh, you know, I mean, uh, first place is first place, Dan. It, I mean, I, I might not finish there, but currently I'm in first. So, so suck on that. Uh, I mean, Texas and Virginia, in my opinion, we'll talk about over overrated teams in the tournament. I thought Texas and Virginia were probably the two most overrated teams in this tournament. I mean, in terms sure. of upsets, I mean, how the hell were these teams three and four seeds respectively? I don't I don't get it. But the other thing that I thought about is Villanova is criminally good still without Colin Gillespie. I mean, they proved it again this weekend. I mean, Jay Wright has this team in the Sweet 16 yet again. I think they've had a little bit of an easier path, as some in the media have pointed out. But nonetheless, they I mean they've done this without their 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 best player. So I mean you got to give credit to Jay Wright and his team. I mean, they are a machine in terms of success and getting back to that second weekend and beyond. So, I mean, credit yeah. credit to our fellow Big East homies. I'm very glad to see them since UConn shit the bed, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But they, I mean, it's it's great to see, great to see Villanova uh, thriving.
3: Yeah. So, um, I really had no hopes for Georgetown. I don't know about the rest of you. Yeah. But I know a lot of people were getting on the Georgetown bandwagon after beating Villanova after, you know, making it to the big, the big East championship. But for me, you know, what I saw was a Georgetown team that can play basketball, but I saw a Creighton team that couldn't shoot against them, not because of defense, just because Creighton had an off night. So I, I knew going into this tournament that Georgetown would not do well and I guess I was right because Colorado won, and obviously Dan predicted that with his Pac-12 stuff. So Pac-12,
2: man, crazy. Oh, then, uh, Not only geez. did they lose, dude, they
3: got smacked by Colorado. I mean, yeah,
2: absolutely I, yeah. demolished. Yeah, uh,
0: they played like they shouldn't have been there, and what do you know, they probably
1: shouldn't have been there. <laughs> Which makes you think, what the hell went right, went wrong? But I guess we just have to throw that one in the in the Yeah, just, yeah yep. Definitely. Um, but uh. Uh, The last piece of the Big East, UConn, and I'm in my final four. I am sorry for my bracket, but I am not sorry for Huskies fans. They can choke (laughs) on it. I was all over book night, feeling the love, feeling the the lottery pick vibes, and he just couldn't get anything going. Uh, Credit to Maryland there, but uh, they had a good season after that COVID pause, but we'll still look for them to see him on the rise in the future.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, tough tough loss, but I mean, they're I mean, their team's going to be completely different next year without him. So, yeah, interested to see how they retool if they get any transfers yeah. out of the portal and so on and so forth. But uh Drake got a good performance from Yesufu, but ultimately fell short, you know. I mean, they won their first game, but when we talked about Drake and that Wichita State matchup and they got past Wichita State, um again, Pack twelve. I mean, USC just ended up smacking them. You know, through I, th- I thought Darren DeVries had a great season this year, though. So don't let that diminish anything that's happened. Um, he got an eight-year extension last week too, so that's awesome for him. Yeah. I hope that doesn't tie him up from, from potentially taking over a Crane job if it ever opens up. But um, yeah, yeah, credit to Drake, and you know, I mean, I'm glad they got their first win in forever in the tournament. It's great to see those Mo Valley teams still thriving, but uh, let's talk best game of the tournament. I'll throw out a few here and we've talked about this already, but uh, I mean, Ohio state or Ohio state Oral Roberts was definitely up there. I thought that Abilene Christian and Texas game was great. And even though my line, I lost, I thought Loyola and Illinois was really, really good game. I think that Cameron Crutwig kid is an, an extremely good player. And I said that a minute ago, but I just want to emphasize that I think Loyola could, could potentially go to the final four. Um, you know, the Kansas USC game, I thought, I thought USC just put on a clinic. I thought, yeah. I thought it was really fun to watch. I thought it was just insane. And I, that Oklahoma and Gonzaga game is up there as well. I mean, the, you talk about wanting to watch, you know, a really entertaining offensive game. It's served up on a platter there for you. I mean, Gonzaga and we'll talk about Gonzaga and the Oklahoma game here in a minute. But, um, when we preview the Creighton game for, uh, Sunday, but, uh, yeah, it was a great game most disappointing game Brock I want you to give it to me what was it
3: for me my most disappointing game that I watched yes um well this one's really hard for the whole tournament I would have to say for me personally the most disappointing game was probably the Texas you know because I had high hopes for them not because I'm a fan but because from what I watched and everything Um, But also the, you know, the Iowa Oregon game was pretty, you know, disappointing to me. I'm a big uh, Garza fan. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so bad for them. Because I mean, he did everything that he needed to do to win. It's just the rest of the team didn't, you know. Just, uh, just they just the they didn't,
0: yeah, they did not play defense like at all. They just I'm, like completely yeah. not completely non-existent. Garza that went off. He had 36 half,
1: points. That first half was the most entertaining half of basketball in this entire season. I don't care. I love the NBA, and that was great. That was great offense. There were turnovers abounding. I loved it. I also I grew up in Iowa. I've had to hear Hawkeye shit my whole life. I we we watched Doug win Player of the Year, and then about the same thing. Boo, freaking who? That was fun.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was uh, it was fun, man. I don't I don't particularly like Iowa. I do respect Luca Garza. I think he's great. I think we we I, I, I mentioned that. Yeah. I mean, I think we all do. I think we all realize after yeah. his game reminded me a lot of of Doug's game at at points. I think he he really emulated a good four-year player, you know, and he's going to hopefully have a good career in the NBA. If he doesn't, I mean, he'll have a great, uh, great career overseas. You know, he's got a great, he's got a great frame on him. He's strong. I think he'll, he'll go far, but uh, Dan, let's, let's finish up here on the, on general NCAA tournament talk here. Give me your last three thoughts here as we kind of finish up this last or the first weekend of this tournament.
1: Okay. um, First one is, we're going to have to look at this single state model versus what we've been doing in the past. I mean, I think it's provided for a lot more exciting games close down the wire, more upsets. There's not, uh, there's, there was more time for everyone to adjust. Um, and we're going to have to watch that as that plays out in the second weekend too, because no one's going back home and then flying out somewhere else. So that's, uh, I think that's the first interesting bit. Um, the second thing is why uh, – they brought it up on sixteen twenty last week, so I don't want to take full credit for it, but I've always been a strong proponent of this is a basketball championship. I know at the end of the day, the NCAA is all about money. Whether they yeah. want to distribute that money or not, that's a different <laughs> conversation. But why are we playing a basketball championship in a football stadium? I, I just – I don't like the optics. I've never enjoyed uh, watching that. And you missed like, this is, this is Hoosiers. You could have the championship there. And I I think they blew it on that end. And as far as my predictions here, I'm still going, I still love Gonzaga. I think uh, top to bottom, most talented. I think I like Jalen Suggs personally more than Cade Cunningham. Mm. Uh, Yeah. I think uh, they've got depth. It's going to be a stretch for Creighton, uh, to stay with them, but I think it's going to be a stretch for pretty much any team to stick with them except for maybe Baylor. So those two, I got meeting in the championship. Um, I would love to see Michigan fall here before the final four, just so we can uh, finish it off the, the big 10 just say, Nope. And I really think in that last uh, of that Midwest bracket, I think Loyola, they they've got the experience. There's no real clear cut favorite, but um, I, if I had to re-rack it right now, I would go Loyola to win the Midwest
2: and uh, return the Final Four.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, all right. Well, so let's get into it. And look ahead to our wait, next wait, game for, for Creighton. Yeah, or, real quick though, I, I right, want to.
2: I think Dan brought up a good thing about the uh, you know national championship and Hinkle, but I kind of want to hear what your you guys' thoughts are on this. Like, what if it was just you know some other actual like schools? stadium what would be your number one destination for a national championship to be hosted in
0: oh man well i mean i definitely wouldn't want to go with something like chai hill center you know because that's yeah. that's like it's not like your traditional college basketball sure. venue you know if we're if we're going for something like
2: smaller scale almost, yeah i would do
0: something like um gosh i don't know i really like all everywhere that villanova plays is great i think they play it like I mean, they don't play at the Palestra or anything like that anymore, but like something like their, you know, their on-campus arena, I think would be great. Um, obviously Hinkle is like, you know, it's, it's the most famous, uh, you know, college basketball. It's like the Mecca besides, you know, uh, Allen Fieldhouse. <laughs> that, <laughs> you know? That's so, going to
2: be my answer. Cause I'm, yeah. I mean, I mean, and, and yeah. And
0: yeah, oh. I mean, it would, it would be fun, but um, yeah. ultimately like Dan said, I mean, it's all about the fucking money. <laughs> so yeah. I, mean, the, I hate the, Duke,
3: but I would go Cameron
1: yeah
0: that yeah.
3: would be fun that's Rock. what i would say too is cameron yeah. yeah i mean i'm not a i'm not a big duke fan but i mean if if you're talking basketball like that and that goes back to what dan was saying about a single state you know if mm. they want to do it again post covid north carolina i think is yeah just have to do it yeah, yeah. I mean, NC I mean, state you have unC you have all yeah, like a thirty minute radius of each other. Yeah. It's you know, angle. so and you have Wake Forest. So I mean it's you know, you have four you have four arenas that can hold.
2: Yep.
0: What if they did in Omaha and did Creighton, UNO, Iowa, Western <laughs> And uh, uh, they go down to Lincoln.
3: Well, to do, yeah, you have to do the CHI. You have to do Baxter. You'd have. Oh, yeah.
0: You R- could do R- Baxter. R- yeah, you could do Ralston too. Forgot about that. Oh, South yeah. High. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got. You, you got. You hey. got some great high school venues that would just be perfect for that.
1: Hey, one one more thought before we move to Creighton. Um, for everyone's bracket who is busted, for the sake of one-liners, I think at the end of the day, though we are all rooting for a final four matchup of Oregon state and oral Roberts. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yes,
1: it is not since the college world series of the potential Oregon state, South Carolina game has anyone wanted a game so hard. So anyways, that, uh, (laughs) let's, let's, let's move on.
2: (laughs) What's Oral Roberts mascot. Uh, It's like together. Uh, but what is it? Um, They're the oh. Golden Eagles.
0: Yeah, the Golden Eagles. Mm. Golden Eagles, not, baby.
2: It's not as amusing as the Beavers and the Gamecocks, but yeah, oh, I get it. Man. But when
1: you have Oral in your name, it's it, it doesn't take a too many thoughts to. Connect those
0: The the one-liners and zingers on Twitter have been out of, (laughs) out of control. So (laughs) we're just going
1: to leave it at that. All right, let's, let's look
0: into our next game for Creighton here versus Gonzaga. I mean, mean, what more can you really say about this team? I mean, they are insanely good. I mean, they scored extremely high clip. They defend well. They're insanely good in transition. They're deep. They have like an insanely deep team and oh yeah, they have not lost a single game this season. I mean, this game is going to be wild. I mean, straight up, like offensively, you can't ask for two better teams. I mean, Creighton can score at will, as we all know. But, I mean, Gonzaga takes this to a whole new level. They are unlike any offensive team that I think I have seen this year. I mean, they will score. That is a given. Can, can Creighton keep up? That's the question. Can you? I mean, you can't slow them down. Their season low in terms of points is 73. They've scored over 100 points four times this year. I mean, I thought Oklahoma played them really tight the other night, and they still lost by twenty. You know, I mean, and, and Oklahoma can score. I mean, Austin Reeves is is great, and oh, man. Manic, Brady Manick Manic is is insanely good. I mean, I think they they really have a good team, and I mean, it was just an uphill battle for them all game trying to, you know, and Oklahoma came off uh, came out of the gate hot. You know, I mean, the, the first—I think they had 20 points almost at the at the first uh, media timeout, which is—I mean, if you're going to beat somebody, I mean, scoring that many points in that little of time is usually a good a good recipe for it. But it just goes to show how good. Gonzaga really is offensively you know they and they were in a little bit of a hole there early in the game but I mean I mean to, to pick to pick them off you have to be really crisp offensively and I thought Oklahoma did that and they like I said still lost I mean be, uh, this team is going to get their points there's not any stopping them period so you have you you really have to figure out a way to out uh, to outscore them which is just impossible you know and that's why they haven't lost a, a single game this year so.
2: And I think another thing you could factor in is, yeah, Oklahoma didn't have Harmon, their their star player, out due to COVID. But even, like, factoring everything else in about Gonzaga, would it really have mattered, you know, so.
0: Right.
1: You know, if you're looking for an edge in this game physically for Creighton, I don't think you're going to find it. Um, psychologically, I think that's the best that we can hope for. Right now, we're playing with house money, you know. Uh we made the six with sweet 16. This has been the goal, you know, all the pressures on them. Let's play loose, let it fly. Mitch is going to have to be, have one of those games where he's aggressive. He, where he has five plus threes, 20 plus points for us to be in this one, you know, pressure's all on Gonzaga. They've got an undefeated record. So that narrative keeps coming up and you know, Mark few, he's never won that championship. So that's, that's his sweet 16 that has been eluding him but they're easily the more talented team, most talented team in the country, and they are deep.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, Gonzaga's second unit could start and play with any other league and finish first. That's how deep they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that's what I was talking about originally with Texas, is if you have, you know, a deep bench, you're going to make it far in this tournament, you know. But like I said, too, about Texas – You know, if Gonzaga, you know, plays over us thinking, oh, this is an easy win, that's our chance. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for them to not expect what we can do. And unfortunately, we've played Gonzaga, you know, so they know what to expect. They know, you know, Creighton, you know, can be a threat to them. Um, But at the end of the day, they are a deep bench. And that's what scares me because we don't have a deep bench. I mean we have players that can play but at the end of the day we don't have another five that can start we don't have you know we we have three players that can come off the bench and maybe play one or two positions but i mean say christian's not having a good game you know we got ryan who's a freshman you know are we gonna pay are we gonna play epperson probably not you know i mean well yeah so. No, and I agree with you to the point
2: about Texas, you know, I mean,
3: thinking ahead and going
2: out like that could have been a factor, but I think it's hard to to see Gonzaga going out at this point. But if anyone's going to take them out, it's going to be themselves.
0: Yeah, and I, I went back to try to find a game, you know, where Gonzaga may have played you know not at their best you know and i did find one or two but they still ended up winning those games by like 10 or 15 points <laughs> you know so <laughs> there's there's really no down night for these guys this year i mean that's how solid they are so yeah. i mean their stars are jalen suggs we've mentioned him drew timmy Corey kispert i mean those are the stars those are the names you have to look
2: out for they essentially you forgot three. one okay you forgot amen. another star amen drew timmy's mustache
0: <laughs> There you go. Okay. Well, I mean, he, he looks like uh, like he's out of like a 70s porno or something. But, I mean, he, he can really score the shit out of the basketball. So, I don't, think, I don't think it really matters. You can look like whatever you want. You know, you can look like Cameron Crutwig from Loyola, Chicago. I mean, mm. there, there's some weird-looking dudes that are balling <laughs> off in this tournament right now. But, That's right. I mean, when Creighton is on from three, who I remind you was seventh in the nation in total threes this year, Oh. They have a good enough offense to beat this team. They're, I mean, I really do believe that, and I mean, it's 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 solid enough at getting out, you know, on at the outside shooters to keep Gonzaga from you know taking target practice. But I I really do think that uh, that Creighton can win this. You know, I mm-hmm. really do. I mean, it's not like it's not like the Okla the Oklahoma offense didn't work. You know, I mean they shot nearly 50% from the field. but I mean, they just could not get Gonzaga to slow down, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's really what you're going to have to look for. I mean, can they, can they score with them? Cause they're not going to stop them. You know, that's, I mean, that's, I think that's the mindset you have to go into. Uh, this game with but uh, all right guys well that's it I mean let's get predictions here and let's wrap up on this second uh, NCAA tournament podcast guys I'm really excited that we did this this was fun so oh, yeah Um, I'll go ahead with my my prediction first I mean sadly I think Creighton season comes to an end here I mean Jalen Suggs and Timmy are we going to be too much so book it nice that we made the sweet 16 really really excited that we're just going to be playing an extra game <clears throat> especially in the spotlight I mean and we, we talked about about this on the last podcast too but you know Creighton's got some some image repair to do. You know from Greg's comments a couple weeks back, we really have to inject something into the Creighton brand that's exciting. And I think getting to the Sweet 16 is is that. But if you can imagine beating Gonzaga in this game and what that will do for this brand will be will be immeasurable. You know what I mean? I mean we we will have beaten the best team in college basketball this season. And, uh, that, that'll be worth, that'll be worth, uh, you know, throwing into a recruiting pitch, you know, and, and we're, I think we're struggling with that right now. I think we're going to struggle with that image problem here for a while. Um, but also I think this win would be huge for our players. And I, I, we've gone through and we talked about this a lot too, but we've gone through a lot this season. Um, these players have, have really, really poured everything that they have into this season, um, and to get this win would be the ultimate uh, accomplishment for this team. I think not only getting to the Sweet 16, but winning this would be a massive feat for this team. So that's that's my take. I don't think we're gonna win, um, but you know, I, I'm 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 cautiously optimistic that we could uh, potentially run with them. So we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you want me to jump into mine? Okay, doing it. Uh, it's it's gonna take everything they got to, to get through this. Um, I want them to win. Uh, you know, it's, it's Gonzaga. We talked about them enough, so I don't say anything more there, but it is going to take Creighton everything he got. And to quote, you know, my favorite former Pistons coach, Mr. Dick Vitale, it's going to take the four D's of life, you know, desire, dedication, discipline, and determination. They're going to have to have all four of those factors in this game to have a standing chance. Uh, they're going to play them tough. They have to. Pulling
0: out the Dickie V quote. I love it. Dan, give me your pick. Sensational. Prediction.
2: Sensational.
0: Dan, give me your pick. What do you got?
1: ESPN re-racked uh, the Sweet 16, reseeding them. They seated uh, Creighton as 16th. Oral Roberts was 11th. That's complete horseshit. Yeah, this, well, so, did,
0: uh, so did Andy Katz, a dumbass.
1: Yeah, uh, the national media has been crapping on us the, this whole time. Um, well,
0: I, and uh, then again, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I did tweet at Steve Lavin or I, I tweeted about Steve Lavin and his pick to of Georgetown over Creighton in the Big East Championship. And he actually tweeted me back and used 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 what I said as leverage to, uh, to to kind of push his narrative that Georgetown was was really good. So maybe I should take back that Andy Katz is a dumbass. I don't really think he's a dumbass, but I just <laughs> I don't want to get blasted on Twitter again by a college basketball analyst.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of low hanging fruit, you know, especially with all the extracurriculars that have been going on for us to kind of be the bad guy. Yeah, um, no yeah. one's going to really speak up against, you know, for us at the end of the day, I think the depth's too much. I think we make it a really fun, interesting game for about 30 to 32 minutes, but the depth's going to show at the end of it. Um, Mac really tightened, uh, against, uh, tightened up against, uh, uh, Ohio in that, uh, last, uh, 10 minutes or so. And it's 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 gonna be pull they're gonna pull away at the end, but I think we're gonna earn a lot of more respect than we've been getting. It'll just be too little, too late. Brock, what do you got?
3: So I think that if Creighton plays defense the way that they've been playing all year for the most part, they could keep this game close. I mean, you look at Santa Barbara, you look at Ohio, both of those had high scoring guards. We limited their guard play both of them had high scoring big big men we were able to limit them now do I think they can stop uh, Suggs and Timmy I mean I'd be amazed if they can I don't know anyone that can match up with Timmy that's on our roster but what I do see is I could easily see Coach Mack bringing out a 1-3-1 zone and doing a lot of trapping a lot of turnovers and that's what's going to win. If we can win the turnover battle and if we can score off those turnovers, that's going to be a Creighton win. Um, I'm going to say Creighton just because it's due. You know, we've played Gonzaga twice, you know, and both times we played one of the best games of our lives. And we just came up short because we couldn't stop maybe one of their players from going seven from eight behind the arc you know, eight of nine behind the arc the next year. So I'm going to go with Creighton. And as long as we can continue to, you know, limit them offensively and we play our best offensive game of the season, we could win. So,
0: all right, well, there you have it guys. Nice little, uh, nice little short, I guess, not really, I guess we've almost been on for an hour. So that's, yeah. that's a, that's a good length of an episode. Well, I guys, I was really excited uh, that we got to, got, got to do this after the sweet 16 you know, birth. I I, I was, I was really hoping that we would all be able to experience this together in person, but I digress maybe next year. Hopefully that is the word guys. And we're, (laughs) we're going to be getting hit up for renewals here soon on our season tickets. So, get your emails ready. Cause those, those are coming. I'm, I'm so excited to get back into, I'm hoping by November, we can get back into person. I'm, I mean, like, I think that's a, yeah. it's a, it's a realistic goal. You know, I don't think it's out of the question. So, I mean, even, even if we have to mask up, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% yep. okay with that. <laughs> like, we'll there. just, we'll just get back in person. But uh, all right, we'll check out our social media pages. Come follow our shenanigans. You can find us at, Uh, section 229 talk on Twitter. And then you can just search our name on Facebook, which is section 229 colon Creighton basketball talk. We will be back after the next loss or after this next weekend, whichever, whichever comes first. The next time we will talk, we will either be going to the final four or our season will be over. So we will see you on the other side. And until then roll Jays, baby roll
3: Roll Jays.